what up guys welcome to faded town the number one pokemon podcast in the world these are facts i fucking checked them myself um, <laughs> since it's the coronavirus season uh don't uh, leave your house definitely google that shit poke stats it whatever you gotta do um this week is just like every other week man we got the best guests and uh this is one of the younger players in the game but if you check out his limitless, he's he's making a fucking run for it. Alright? We got we got Will Jenkins, man. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the invite and I've watched quite a few episodes, so good to oh, be on. Dude, I appreciate it. Awesome. Um how's uh how's your corona season going? Uh good. I'm definitely taking it a lot more serious than uh, I've seen some people. Not a diss or anything, but uh <laughs> like Day one, my, my dad was like, all right, family, so what do we want to do? Uh, we want to self-quarantine, or are we just going to, like, ignore it? And, you know, pretty much everyone was on board for self-quarantine, so I had to uh, stop working, and I've been home for the past eight days, you know, just getting outside, getting a little fresh air, but haven't gone anywhere. So, yeah, self-quarantine for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'm chilling. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was in the, I was in the, ah, fuck this shit thing, and then... <laughs> Eventually, once I, when, when they start shutting everything down, I'm like, all right. No, yeah, I, when I went to Australia, I was like, eh, you know, I just want to go to Australia. You know, it's not a big deal or whatever. But yeah. now that it's starting to come closer to home, it's got a little more concerning. So, right. sure. uh, I always say, I'm like, just fucking chill. The, the quicker <laughs> we chill, the quicker we can get back to shit. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to just jump into it. I think um, you're one of the newer age age um, players. Um, how long have you been playing this game? Uh, th- this is my fifth year playing, I believe. I started playing at the end of 2015 Worlds, um, and yeah, so this would be like my fifth year playing. And you're, well, let's get a little context. How old are you? Uh, I'm 17. I'll be 18 at the end of April. Okay. So you've, you've started in, or in seniors, right? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously we don't have information from back then, but w- mm-hmm. when you, when you started, um, how quickly did you get into competitive? Were you, I'm um, just going to chill and, and collect cards or were you just straight? Like I played Yu-Gi-Oh or something and I want to compete. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, how I got into the game in general, uh, I started with Pokemon as a kid uh, when I was in third grade. I mean, I'm still young, but when I was in third grade, (laughs) when I was in third grade, uh, I had cards like everyone else, you know, collected them, traded them, no sleeves or anything, binders, you know, completely messed up cards, uh, stuff like that. Had no idea how to play. Um, And uh, eventually we uh, moved from California to the East Coast. I now live in Maryland. And uh, in fifth grade, we kind of just garage sailed. And Pokemon cards are not something I was interested in anymore. So my brother and I just kind of got rid of them for, you know, what, like 50 cents for 100 cards or something ridiculous. Um, So then fast forward a couple of years, my brother just walks into a Kmart um, just randomly and picks up a Xerneas theme deck for no reason. You know, he's not, he's not trying to get not trying to get into the game. I guess he was just he was playing the video games at the time and he's like, you know, Xerneas is pretty cool. So um, he did that. And I was like, why, why would you waste money on that? Like, you're not going to play the game or anything. And uh, we come home and he's like, dude, there's a whole game to this. Like, it's actually pretty cool. And I was like, oh, all right. And I looked at it. And uh, then we split the decks in half. There was like a fairy psychic deck, so I took the psychics and he took the fairy 30-card decks, playing completely wrong but trying to abide by most of the rules. And at some point, my brain, I was just like, 
I could make money off this because I started seeing people um, unboxing tins and stuff. And I think okay. this, like legendary treasures was super big. So people were hitting like ultra rares back mm -hmm. to back to back. And I didn't know those cards weren't worth a ton, but I was like, Hey, there's money in this. So I started a YouTube channel and tried to like um, sell stuff on eBay, just get stuff at a young age. And uh, eventually I was like, Oh, there's leagues for this, um, like local leagues and stuff. You can get involved and play the game. So, um, uh, very interestingly, I went to the newest card store that had just opened, coincidentally, when we moved there, and uh, I walk into this league night on one Tuesday, and there is Michael Catron, his dad, and his friend uh, Joseph, and those are the only three people in there for Pokemon. And uh, right off the bat, Michael Catron was pretty established at the game as a senior and a junior, and uh, I kind of got involved a little bit. I started attending the leagues with my brother. We got more cards, stuff like that, and... Uh, Right around when Worlds 2015 ended, Michael had gotten ninth at Worlds. And I was like, hey, I, that's cool. I want to do that. And I was super supportive of Michael, so I thought it was really cool that he could accomplish something like that. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Not knowing what bubbling meant, but I was like, yeah, that seems pretty cool. <laughs> that, <laughs> that seems pretty cool. I want to do that someday. And ever since then, I just kind of followed in his footsteps and uh, attended cities and stuff. And then when I got competitive, my first year, I was just kind of testing the waters. I played a few league challenges, Maryland States, stuff like that. Um, but nothing too big. The next year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I want my world's invite. I went to like 13 cities, and I was just so bad. So <laughs> I think I, I think I ended up topping uh, – I only topped one, and it was the last one. But that top four felt so good. So uh, I got my top four, missed my invite. And then the next year, uh, I didn't want to go as hard as I went because it was a total burnout. But I went to you know enough stuff, and this is around the time League Cup started. Um, first League Cup I go to, I win – and then I just start accumulating points. And um, this is the 2017 season. At the end of the year, I needed like a few placements to get my invite. And uh, from there, I was able to get top 16 at Toronto Regionals. And then um, this would set me up for a finish at Nats would get me my invite. And we, my family and I ended up going to the Origins event uh, that was happening okay. for the second time, I think. And uh, I got second there, so that mean Nat or meant that Nats was just kind of at a free event now that I had my Worlds invite. So I got second at Origins, and then top 32 Nats, and then top 16 Worlds. So from there, uh, I started to do stuff towards my or that in the end of my uh, seniors career. Okay, and so so going let's let's jump in. Like when did the money era hit? What 2017? 2016, 2017, I think. Okay, was yeah. was that like obviously your your parents and everyone had to support you before that, but when mm -hmm. money starts getting involved, when it's a lot, like it's a lot, was it a lot easier to be like, hey, mom, I want to go to all of this. Yeah. Um. So at first, my dad was super unsupportive about it. Okay. He was kind of like, you know, why are you putting money into this? You should be doing stuff for college and whatnot. Um, and he was more like, you should enjoy it for a couple of years, but once you start transitioning into high school and later, you should drop it, basically. Okay. And um, my mom from the get-go was super supportive about it. I think she just realized that it was something I wanted to put time into and get good at. So I think that's where her support mm -hmm. came from. Um, so the first time I won money would have been that Nats then, because Origins, or uh, yeah, because Toronto seniors didn't get money. Then Origins was just packs. So it was a special event. Uh, and then Nats, I got $500 US, I think. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. And then when it really hit was when I got top 16 at Worlds. So that's a fat $2,500. Right. And I was like, on t I was on cloud nine. You know, I felt so good. 
but yeah, my, my parents eventually eased into it. And my dad had a clicking moment uh, last year that he was like, you know, this is really important to you. Um, but that has more to do with like masters and stuff. But yeah, right. my, my mom was super supportive about it ever since I got into it. Oh, that's dope. I think like a, a lot of the younger players, like the support from the family is so crucial. It's like, yeah, like to not have support and do it, it's like impossible, you know? So yeah, it's, like, for sure. A lot of people, uh, who, someone I had, <laughs> I forgot who I had, but they're like, the only person I played with was my mom for a long time. And I think that, mm-hmm. oh, it was Tord, it was Tord. He's like, yeah. my mom just played with me. I'm like, that's dope, that's dope. Yeah. Um. So you age up to Masters, what year? 
yeah, I was pretty like I was really with Charlie Lockyer that whole time, and then uh, Isaiah Bradner as well. I was really good friends with um, from both his starting standpoint. You know, met him out of states once, and then kind of forgot that he was a person. And then <laughs> the, the the League Cup I won, he ended up being at, and his dad and him are very nice people. And they were like, "Hey, uh, you were the kid that we met at that states one time with." Uh, you know whatever and i was like oh yeah i remember this and then ever since then we started talking a bit more and he was gunning for top 16 that year so like it was really cool to get another friend that was involved but my transition from seniors to masters was mainly just that group that's dope um so in your in your 2017 2018 season uh, you qualify for worlds right yeah, yeah i didn't do anything very impressive after the fort wayne um yeah. appearance which was a little bit of a letdown but i was able to get my invites you know decent um, it's just rough accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going into the next season, what, what's your mindset? Like you, you got your feet wet and now it's time to like really try at this or what? Uh, yeah. So going along with testing partners and stuff, this was the year I, so this was the year that I really got involved with the Bokari brothers. Okay. Uh, Zach Bokari and I had talked, you know, whatever, just because I knew him, he was a top player and I would try and, you know, make conversation, stuff like that. So I knew Zach a little bit. Uh, and it was a, I think it was St. Louis regionals that year. Um, I was still going for my invite in that season and, or the, sorry, 2017, 2018 okay. season. And, uh, Isaiah and I, cause I went with Isaiah were in the lobby and Justin and Zach were there. Uh, so Justin Vokari, very accomplished two regional wins this season. And then Zach, his younger brother won worlds in 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, they were there and I, just you know played a bunch of games versus justin and zach and isaiah played a bunch of games and uh i was like you know i'd like to get to know them better so i kind of hung around them for the rest of the weekend uh, we had dinner a few times and um i think something just kind of clicked and i was like hey i like these guys uh i should just test with them and from there zach became my main testing partner zach and i just tested for a bunch of events i didn't really know justin that well um until that year's worlds where uh uh after worlds had concluded Justin, we just randomly ran into Justin. It was Charlie Lockyer, Zach, and I just chilling in the lobby of whatever hotel. And Justin comes up and he's like, hey, I have this interesting topic. Uh, I was just with Pram, and Pram was like, why is Europe so much better than the U.S. at these events? And uh, our answer was they have this, like, well, I guess Pram's answer was they have this group. You know, they all, they don't try and screw each other over. They're just all good with each other. So they always, always bring good ideas. And so we kind of took that to heart and we kind of made a group with just us four. So it was just Charlie, Zach, Justin, and I, and uh, we just grinded testing. And eventually Charlie and Zach stopped playing as much. Uh, and then Justin and I just started to hit it off. So we traveled to everything. We would test till like 2 a.m. on weeknights and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how I got my testing group for that season. That's sick. Cause like, I, I, obviously I had Justin on here and like, yeah. I can tell if you guys went peak around heavy. Um, last year and it, it it panned out well for you i mean you the toronto top three and then origins you got second um mm. how the top three is that was that your first glass my first what getting glass at, at oh toronto? yeah 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 uh, I, I would like to talk about that because you a lot of players when you get into situations when you get into top eight you're like oh, mm. i made it i made it top eight yeah. we're here and like you don't think about it until after the tournament that you're like, yeah. oh, I could, I should have won. But at least, yeah, 
Did you have like? Did you make top eight before that, or was it? No. no? Uh, so in seniors, I was very unsuccessful with stuff like that. <laughs> I never top eighted, uh, and then as you can see on the limit list, I didn't top eight before. So Toronto Regionals yeah. that year was my first uh, top eight right. with uh, okay. Trevor. So I kind of want to go through it. If you if when you get when you hit that top eight, right? What's what's your mindset? Are you are you just happy to be there? Uh yeah. So this <laughs> this is a very bitter <laughs> bittersweet accomplishment. I'm uh, not sure how much you know about that accomplishment of mine, but uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard of it. But... Yeah, and and in general, uh, <laughs> yeah. that first top eight, I was like, this is this is awesome. You know, Justin and I ended up pick up. Uh, taking a very risky call following the guidance of Chris Sayakala and uh, we just threw Trevenant into a meta of what we expected to be like Pikaram and his counters. Right. So we kinda just farmed all the counter decks and it was a it was in in retrospect, it was like a pretty co pretty good coast into top eight. Right. Uh, but it was like very scary to being that deck. And then once I got to top eight, I was just happy. I was just happy I was there. You know, my first top eight, I felt like I finally accomplished something in the game and uh, or as a master. And I was just jazzed to be there. Who who'd so, you yeah. who'd you face in top eight? Uh, his name was Marvin, um, and he was oh, playing nice. a. Uh, he was also playing, playing Trevenant, Trevenant, and Trevenant Mirror is kind of silly. It's just like whoever hits attachments plus ends at the right times right. can win. And uh, I think that the reason I won, I two owed him. Uh, our I think our list was just more consistent. They. Some of the Canadian players ran uh, like a Pyro line and some energies that were special energies. So if they turn one attach blend over Psychic, you can enhance Hammer, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so the energy attachment was really big in that matchup. That's what's up. Um, so after you take that down, like you go on the top floor. Yeah. And now you realize, I don't, I don't know, because like when I did it, I, I didn't yeah. realize it. Like it didn't hit me. Like I could win this tournament. It was more like, oh fuck, I, I'm here. Like I, I, I yeah. did it. It's like, like where, where was your mindset? Uh, so I, same mindset as you. I was just there. I was happy to be there. I, you know, I didn't expect my first top eight to come into a trophy. Uh, a running joke in our area was that everyone can get a trophy before John Ng, <laughs> and lo and behold, I did it uh, as well. And uh, yeah, I was just happy to be there. But Justin was kind of like. Dude, you made top eight. You have a favorable matchup in top four. You can win this event. The Let's bracket go. looks good. Uh, so Justin was kind of like the voice of reason, like, "Hey, focus up. You can win this event." And I was more like, "I'm just chilling. You yeah. know, I'm happy to be here." Um, That's sick. Cause like, it's it's really nice to have someone like that. Cause like, yeah. When I did it, like, I just have my local friends, and like, I got messages from like Russell Lopar and stuff. But it was more like, mm -hmm. "Hey, good job." I didn't have that like, "Hey, bro," like. You can win this tournament. Like, yeah. get your head out of your ass. Uh, you can win. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't like. Obviously, you didn't. <laughs> but yeah. but <laughs> do you think that you're you you didn't have the right headspace? Did you misplay in the top top <clears throat> four matchup? Yeah. So I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how many people actually know this, but uh, I. So I in that top four I hit Jimmy Pandarvis and yeah. what's interesting enough is Jimmy uh, kind of served as a coach for a while. I attributed I attribute a lot of my success to Jimmy okay. because for a short time I was you know paying him to help me get better because I felt that I had uh, hit a roadblock in my play and this was like the 2018 season where I had nothing going on but the world's invite. Uh, so I reached out to Jimmy. I was like, hey, would you be interested in coaching me? And sure enough, he was uh, willing to. 
And um, so I just I knew that I was making errors that were costing me games. So I figured it's probably best to reach out to one of the best players and see what if they can help me. Yes. Um, and lo and behold, every coaching session that I had with Jimmy, I came out of it feeling like I had learned so much more about the game. Um, so I attribute a lot of success to Jimmy. Uh, and lo and behold, I had coached with him that week for about two hours, <laughs> and there I am sitting against him with a favorable matchup uh, in top four. So, <laughs> um, my so like my head was in the in it. I was ready to win. I knew my matchup was good, but uh, in practice, I think one of the main things that threw me off was the stream. Um, that first time being streamed in such a high intensity like that. I just was making mistakes left and right. Um, with such a good matchup like that, you would expect that there's no way you can mess this up, but <laughs> I figured it out. Uh, I figured out how to mess it up. My game one was just abysmal. <laughs> I completely tunnel visioned on a play that I thought was not possible. And I knew that Jim we had figured out Jimmy's list and we figured out that he played Floatstone and Order Pads. And I was like, oh, he started a Ranguru. The only way he can retreat this is if he attaches DCE. So there's no way he can attack um, the Phantom if I put it active. And I think I had started SP on EX, so I didn't want him to take two prizes. Right. So I sent up my lone Phantom. You know, the way I'm going to item lock him and win the game. So I'm just like, here you go. And then sure enough, at some point, he's just like, order pad head, floatstone. I was like, oh my god, how, <laughs> how, did I, how could I do this? Uh, and like, I got so frustrated with myself that I just like scooped two or three turns uh, later. Yeah. And then uh, game two, I'm in a pretty winning position. Jimmy is drawing unbelievably well. Just like I ace trainer him starting turn two once he takes his knockout. Juniper, DCE, knockout. Uh, and to his deck, it thins very fast. So like it's understandable to yeah. an extent. But it seemed like nothing could go right for me. I would ace trainer him. He'd fight Juniper, DCE. Ace trainer, Juniper, Fuck DCE. And Juniper, ace, uh, ace, you know, whatever. Yeah. So he, he was drew, drawing very, very well. And I knew that I was playing from back foot. And uh, it got to a point in the game where I realized that I can deck him out. Uh, because he would run out of DCEs as long as I keep item lock up. And um, I think I countercatcher his Ranguru or something into the active so that he can no longer win. And uh, <clears throat> he ends up passing back. And as long as I just keep passing, I just win the game. But then I completely forgot that I could do that, just completely tunnel visioned on a different win condition. And I figured that if I go end Silent Fear, I can just win that way because I completely forgot the win con that I had established. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I attribute that to just stream nervousness and stuff like that. I was not very used to being in a uh, situation like that. Right. So I end DCE, and sure enough, he's able to find game off end of one, I think. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, a little unfortunate, but still, I had a guaranteed win con. And yeah. uh, Justin ended up asking Jimmy why Jimmy didn't concede after that game, and Jimmy just said he figured I'd mess up, so he wanted to see Damn. if he could take that win condition. So, Damn. you know, That's me... I got 2 owed by possibly my best matchup in the event, and uh, Jimmy went on to win another regionals. But, right. you know, I, big learning experience. I was pretty heartbroken after that event. Uh, I felt, it was like I said, bittersweet. I knew I felt good, that I did well, but uh, I just, I had so many people messaging me like, congrats, but bro, what the hell happened on stream? <laughs> uh, and like, uh, yeah, so definitely bittersweet, but uh, nonetheless, I, I made a mistake, made a good run, and that's how it ended. Right. I'm lucky my match was on stream because <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking my show's way worse than yours. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I don't know if I actually publicly said it, but it was I was playing Aaron Tur Turbo and I was mm -hmm. fucking I have a good matchup. Um, he's playing Trevor, I'm playing Archie Stoyson. Yeah, I'm like 
I don't get turn one blast or turn one uh, Blastoise, and I'm like, but he started like Baby Lele, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, maybe maybe he won't get that out of the active. Like, who knows? Yeah. So I VS Seeker, the Archie's back in my hand. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I, I have playable cards. I can play these out, and Archie's next turn if like shit happens, you know? And yeah. He he can't get it out, but he ends me. So I, I put yeah. it back into the deck. <laughs> and then it's my turn. I'm like, I have, I have the nuts in my hand. I play it out my entire hand. Boom. I play bow. I, I think I play like two bow compressors. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Two bow compressors. VS Seeker. Oh, guess what? That's not in my discard pile. <laughs> Let's scoot this up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't fucking know what I was doing. As a Trev player, I think I'd be like, ha ha ha. That, nice. dude, that's kind of he, I, play, I play the VS Seeker, he looks at me and goes, you know, it's not in there. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, I'm like, no. oh my god, I'm so dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, like, the next game, I run him over. And then the, the game after that, I prize both Keldeos. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess I lose. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I lose. But I'm like, at least it wasn't on stream. Both of my games on stream, I won. <laughs> I was like, good. Yeah, because I would have got ripped. Um, but yeah, it's super dope when you when you do get that over that hump when you when you hit like these small accomplishments. Even though like, I, I mean, technically it's not small. I mean, you got third out of a regional, and yeah, there's people that play this game forever and never get that. You know, yeah, T- taking home a trophy, and I think a lot of people don't realize how how established that is especially in a game that never ends well i mean i've I've harped on this so much one regional after another after another and you just don't ever realize these accomplishments you know but yeah it's pretty dope um and now i mean obviously you wanted to get good you you were getting coaching you Mm -hmm. you've teamed up with the cardi brothers um and you have a good run, right? You you, yeah. you you do origins well. You you make a couple top thirty twos. Um, you go into worlds. Uh, you came up just short of that top thirty two, right? At uh, at worlds last uh, year, you got forty third. It says. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just yeah, I hit a win and I was gonna win into top sixteen, I think, and I just I sat against the. Uh, good friend of mine now a uh, player from japan yoshiyuki and uh he <laughs> funny enough i open the dene gx with an unplayable hand i go attach pass and he opened blacephalon gx so i'm like all right so if he welders here i can get mind blown for 150 you know no problem i'll get another turn we can we can amount a comeback and i know that blounds is a pretty good matchup for pika and i can t- i can afford to lose a turn so i'm not too upset about it turns out he's playing reshi's hard so that was not with great but, uh, what a monster. yeah yeah, so he opens the on, he goes draw, and he does his thing, and then he goes welder three energies, I'm like, alright, this is fine, he goes to, uh, I, I don't remember the exact sequence of cards, but at some point, he just welders for three and goes, trying a punishment, M- mind blown, and I was like, <laughs> I looked at his list, uh, I looked at his list on Twitter after because I went and followed him. One Blacephalon GX, one Trina Punishment. And oh. I was like, bro, my next <laughs> card was Ultra Ball. So I was like, I was, my mind was blown. Uh, and then game game two, just very bad. I think my first attack was the turn he won the game, was the turn he won the game. Right. So just an abysmal win and end. But I mean, I was pretty happy I made it through day one with a concept that my friends and I created. So That's dope. 
I, I, I really like that you guys stuck with Picarom. You even did you play what? Did you play that uh, NAIC too, Picarom? Oh uh, yeah, I did. I ended up uh, losing my winning into Malamar. I oh, hit the two tool. Yeah. I hit two of the like four tool drops in the tournament. It was really funny because Charlie, I was in the BNB with Stefan and that Zorark deck, okay. uh, and I didn't like it because I was beating with Picaron before the event, so I went, I'll just stick with my guns. Yeah. And yeah. Charlie Lockyer didn't want me to spread his archetype, so I didn't want to test it, of uh, this tool drop thing. And sure enough, I hit like two of the five people playing it, and it just happens to rail Pika. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's rough. Yeah, I played fucking Chansey. I lost my winning end to Picaron <laughs> because I didn't play a fucking view. Yeah. I'm like, they sent me a list. I just played whatever the list was, and then I I get to the tournament in the morning. He's like, hey, did you put view in the list? I was like, no. He's like, fuck. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, Russell. Thank you. Yeah. But it was a fun tournament. Uh, I make fun of fucking Roll for switching off Pika. Cause, yeah, because I was in the. Oh god, that deck was so bad. Yeah, I was in the I was in the room with the uh, Bacardi and, and Roll when they were fucking yeah going. Bacardi was like fucking blinders on. I'm not playing that stupid ass fucking Bacephalon yeah. deck you guys are playing. <laughs> Roll, I was I was in that room for a short time. I don't. You might have been there, but I don't think I, I just know. I didn't know you at the time. But I was in there at some point with Wilkinson and them, and they were like clapping Pika, and I was they like. Were. Damn, but I ended up going back. Um, I don't do very well on like late nights at pre-tournaments, so I just you know decided I would just stick with it. And then the morning of, Justin and I always have this talk. That's kind of like, all right, what deck do we think is the move? You know, if you're down, I'm down, and that's kind of how we lock in our deck choices. And he was like, dude, I'm kind of feeling this Blacephalon deck, but you know, I can't. I I don't think he was able to show it to me because it was what Joe Rudiger was playing, yeah. and uh, there was a little competition there because i was trying to get top 16 and yeah. he was trying not to lose it so he couldn't show me the deck apparently and he was like out of loyalty to you i'm not gonna play the deck if you don't want me to and i was like dude i don't care it's up to you uh but i'm just gonna stick with peaks and he ended up we, we same 60 for a lot of events but um yeah he went with peaks and it worked out for him so i'm yeah, happy he did that yeah i, I... I told him, that. I was like, I'm glad you did that too. Because when Rule yeah. told me he's playing that stupid ass deck, I was like, ah, you're dumb, dumb. You're yeah. dumb. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. I, I yeah. played, I played, I think I played against Justin, like, three games. And I mm -hmm. opened the worst three hands I've ever played in my life in Pokemon. I was like, draw passing, like, three times. Yeah. And, and just getting donked. And I'm like, you guys are going to play? This is the deck you're playing? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go play chance. You okay? This is better yeah. chance. At <laughs> so. Origins the week before, I was playing Zapdos, and every time I hit, I think I hit two or three green. Uh, I think it was two greens with Cephalon and one Jirachi. I knew the matchup wasn't great because they're tankier than my Zapdos, so they just like as long as they can hit consistent knockouts or whatever, they can win. And I need to like double E power, mix it up with the Ultra Beast. But I knew that every time I hit that deck, a well timed let loose or like mm -hmm. whatever, and I'm in that game. Like, I, I did not drop a game to the Blacephalon deck. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that... Pigram just sound, felt like the best deck last year. I mean, up to yeah. Worlds, because like, the whole format changed, but... Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, obviously, you still thought it was fine. And it did... Yeah. You got top 50, which is yeah. not bad. Um, so, at this point, you're you're pretty established. You got... You got some some good finishes under your belt. Um, you're getting... Co you got coaching from some of the best players. Um, mm -hmm. 
you're you're teamed up with Bacardi. You're going into this next season after. I mean, I I always want to talk about the 2018-2019 season being the DDG season, and you, you yeah for sure. You you see that, and you're like, okay, this is how. I mean, between them and Limitless, uh, we have that conversation. You know, they have this group of people that are just there to win, and they're gonna, they're not selfish, and they work together, and they win. And mm-hmm. I feel like you go into this this season that we're currently in. That might not be a season, but I feel like you yeah. and Bacardi and the lab have took that mentality, and and now we see it with you guys where. Yeah, you guys are d- doing very well. I mean, you have two top or two top eights this year. You're mm-hmm. you're in top thirty two almost every time. Yeah. Um, what's the mindset going 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 transferring into this year? Is, is that what you guys thought? It was like, okay, we'll get this small group of people and we're gonna try to do our best. Uh, yeah. Is this the the twenty eighteen twenty nineteen or oh current 20, okay twenty nineteen twenty? Uh, yeah. So. So the, the lab, as people call it now, I heard you like, don't like that, it. <laughs> yeah, I I am not a fan of calling it that. Uh, like, what would you first, call it? <laughs> no, 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 that is what it's called. Like, okay. I'm not going to beat around the bush. But for like, I don't know. It's just weird when people are like, "Oh, you're going to go test at the lab now or whatever." Like that to me, that's annoying. Uh, but like, I understand. I understand. I don't know. I I don't. I honestly don't know. It's just like I play video games with friends on the side from uh, like that I don't test with right. and. Sometimes I'll just like hop off at ten o'clock because I'm gonna go test, and I'm like, I'm gonna go test. I'll see you guys later. And they're like, Oh, he's going to the lab. And then Dude, that's say dope. That. So, I like yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah, so I'm going th- to the lab. You're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> through that, I got a little annoying. I mean, it's not a big deal, but right. now, now I think it's a little bit established. People keep calling it that, so I'm assuming that's what it's going to be known as. But the chat is called the lab, stuff like that. Um, so basically, the idea was we wanted to take. So for Worlds that year, uh, or sorry, the Worlds the year prior, the Pika Judge um, deck, yes. Justin, like obviously Justin and I are just buddy-buddy on everything now. Like we've played same 60 to multiple events, you know, we yeah. are the core group, and then we usually just add whoever wants to like stay or we want to stay with for events, like Rahul, um, John for a short period, stuff like that. So we're kind of just like, unlike DDG, that's super, you know, this is our group, we're not going to talk to anyone. At the time, we were like, hey, we're just down to like stay with people, you know, whatever. Um, mix it up McCoy, every tournament yeah so going into that season it was actually Justin Kulos's idea who uh, had worked with us and he was like guys I want to be he basically said I want to be gods this year I want people to know our names and like fear us like DDG and we're all like what What the hell is he on <laughs> uh, but he basically just wanted to create a god squad uh, similar to what DDG had done in the past and right. you know we were on board you know who doesn't want to be good at that level so um it, the original group was Kulos, me, Justin, Isaiah, and Jonathan Croxton. And uh, through that, we ended up adding uh, Keon Amini because Keon's really good friends with Justin and I. And then through Keon, I was like, hey, maybe Kenny Britton wants to join in. So we wanted to get these West Coast players that you know don't travel as much because of location uh, that we think are really strong and have been very strong in the past mm-hmm. and you know adamant. So with some, with some group adjustments, the group going into... Like uh, Atlantic, well, basically past Atlantic City was Keon Amini, me, Justin, Kulos, Isaiah, and Kenny. Yeah. And that was that was the group. Um, and from there, we just you know dedicated testing. You know, we would try to test as much as we could, uh, schedule allowing, because Pokemon is not 
any of our careers. You know, we have other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So we tried to just test, test when we could and prevent, promote ideas. And uh, through there, we had some solid finishes. Uh, at Atlantic City, we ended up having a couple of top 32s with the Mewtwo deck. Justin got ninth with Pika. Uh, then Knoxville, we all played Pika again. Um, Justin ended up getting his first top eight. And uh, from there, it just started rolling. And then, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, when you when you jump in, like with that mindset, like I, I've been I've been preaching this because I, I see it from that side. It's just mm-hmm. such a good mindset to have. You, I mean, obviously, you want to make friends and stuff, and you want to socialize. Yeah. And I think you guys do it in a way that you can do that. Where I feel yeah. like. I, I think it's more accepting. I think last year when DG was doing what they were doing, which was being very successful and being very secretive, and and mm-hmm. um, a lot of people just didn't understand it, especially in in North America. It was like everyone was. I mean, obviously that everyone didn't like each other or liked each other or whatever. But yeah. It, it, now I think everyone sees what DG did, and now you guys are are doing it and. The other people are doing it and i think right now we just have the highest level of play because of this format yeah of hey let's get five good minds six good minds whatever whatever your group is it could be 10 it could be whatever but people that want to do well at this game just like you said exactly yeah i think that's what it takes and um obviously you're gonna have your outliers where you have a few people that do well but yeah. for the majority if you look at the top eights throughout this season, it is players that are working in these groups that are doing yeah. accomplish, and you can see it throughout the standings. Like, sure, you got twenty seventh, but someone else got ninth and thirteenth, and you're all day twoing, and it's it's just yeah. I, I I I really I really like that. I really think that's the approach that you have to go. Yeah. The goal with the group, uh, other than what Kulos said, because what Kulos was doing was a little extreme, but the goal of the group was to recreate DDG's success, but do it in a positive way. Uh, Not saying that what DDG (laughs) was doing was negative, because it obviously worked out for them, but like we didn't want to restrict ourselves from social settings because of our group. Uh, And that's why we have people that stay with us, like uh, Harris Noor, and has stayed with us countless times, always gets the deck, always does pretty well. Um, and like Harris is uh, local to me and we've been friends since, you know, uh, a couple of years into me playing. And we just like we just want to be able to have friendships that we not necessarily test with every night. Uh, so it was kind of founded on that principle of, yo, uh, if you want to stay with us for this event, like we're down and you don't necessarily have to test with us in order for that to happen. That's dope. I, I, I like that. I like that. And I, I think there's two ways to look at it. And. It, it's both sides of the coin where yeah. if you want to take it super serious and not have this social thing, which at this point, I don't know if that's the right way. I know DGD had such great success, and mm. um, but at the end of the day, you're not making that much money to like care yeah. that much. Like, yeah. Where I think your approach is very good. It's like, hey, yeah. we got seven people in this Airbnb. Um, four of them are in our group, but... We're not gonna be like, hey, fuck, <laughs> like guys, don't yeah. look at my deck. But I, exactly. I mean, I, obviously, you probably tell them, hey, this is our deck. Don't fucking yeah. leak that shit. And like, yeah, that's res- <laughs> like that's just respect. 
Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where it comes from. Like, if you're, we kind of hope that if we give you something, you're not gonna turn it around. Right. And obviously, if you do that, we can't. Ever you know, do. Like, we're not gonna. Yeah. And yeah. like, and I, I think morally, people like, especially when you're brought into a successful group like that, morally, yeah. people are just are not gonna do that. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, that you know, people look at tournament wins and placements and stuff like that. But for for me, something that's always been super important in the community, it or sorry. Well, yeah, something that's always been important for me playing the game is the community. Uh, I love a lot of the people that I've met through this game, and I would hope that the relationships that I've formed in the game last for a long time, if not forever. And uh, I think that it's just, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to have good friendships and enjoy going to the events. Because if I'm not enjoying the people I'm around and going to events with, why would I want to continue playing? Yeah, I agree. I think that's the one thing that keeps me going, too, I think. The more mm-hmm. more I interact with these people and I, I make friendships, especially through this podcast, like obviously yeah. it's top players that I'm talking to, and when I see them at events now, it's like, well, what's up? We're going we're going to hang out <laughs> after. We're getting food. We're 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 having fun, and like it's so much. Like events are so much more now. It's not. I mean, I'll come with some dumbass deck, and sometimes I do well, sometimes I don't. Yeah. But, I have fun now, no matter what. Where mm-hmm. I think in the past, I would come with like local people, and we'd all like none of us were on the same page. We didn't play the same deck, and none of us did well. And we'd come back, and we'd be like, "Oh, this weekend sucks." And like, yeah. But now it's just so much different for me, and like these relationships are really the key to to having fun in this game. And I think um, you hit it right on the nail. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about your second. Your second top eight, like when you when you get into the second top eight, now now how do you feel? Like do you feel because like you do it the first time and like I, yeah. I like when I I did it I'm like I that was like I look at it I, to this day I still look at it I was like fuck that was my chance like will I yeah. ever have that chance again? Yeah. And so when you go into Daytona Regionals, you guys obviously had um, is this Sanders list? Yes. yes. Uh. Well, kind of. Or is it a little bit off? They're pretty different, but it is. Zan- I attribute all of it to Xander. Xander okay. came up with the Rosa thing, and uh, he gave the deck idea. So yeah, okay, yeah. Xander's um, idea, different list. Okay, cool. So you have obviously Xander's one of the fucking a monster player. You know, yeah. you have a great list. You go into this tournament. Um, you've had, you've established yourself with this group of people. Um, do you go in this tournament thinking you have the best deck? Um, so leading up to this event, uh, our group, not only Isaiah and I were going, so out of Kenny, Keon, Kula, or, uh, sorry, Kulos was taking a bit of a break, but he was going since he lived in Florida. So basically Isaiah, Kulos, and I were like, Mewtwo seems pretty good. Uh, but leading up to the event, I talk a lot with, uh, the Brazilian player, Joao, uh, Pedro Medeiros, and he was like, dude, this ADP cryagonal double absol deck is pretty dope because we had tested this for, um... The Brazil IC, his junior or senior student did well with it. And I was like, I like this deck, but it doesn't beat Mewtwo consistently. And that was the biggest issue. Uh, Mewtwo seemed like the best deck at the time. It had won the past two events, got second in this new format. And, uh, you know, that's where I was at. I liked Mewtwo. Isaiah liked Mewtwo. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, I ended up driving 10 hours to get there. And... I was trying to figure out if I could make ADP insane because I thought that ADP as a card was incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just figured 
it has to be broken in some way. It did well, uh, and, but a ton of people played it. So, like, the numbers in, in math were there that just could have been, like, hey, this deck was super played, and that's why it did so well. Um, so I show up, and since Justin is not here, I was kind of, like, on my own with Isaiah, and Isaiah didn't get in until 5 p.m. or 8 p.m. or something like that, very late, yeah. and I was in at the morning. Um, so through Pokemon, I made very good friendships with the Retzloff family, uh, Steve and his son Regan, who's a absolute beast in the junior and senior yes. division. Yes. Um, so I knew that they were in in the area, so I reached out to Steve. I was like, hey, uh, is Regan around to test or whatever? And he was like, yeah, Xander and Regan are in their room doing whatever. So I went over there, and sure enough, Xander is playing ADP. So I was like, oh, all right, this is interesting. I knew he wrote an article on it. And uh, as he's playing, I see he plays down Rosa. And I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> that's interesting. And uh, I was like, all right, you know, this seems pretty cool. Uh, I, if I can beat you with Mewtwo... I'm just on YouTube, but if not, I might give your thing a try. And he ends up 2-1-ing me in the game I won. He just drew pretty abysmal or whatever. Uh, and from there, I was like, all right, I like this. And, you know, I want to make work on it, or I want to work on it and stuff like that. From there, we started brainstorming some ideas, and uh, it eventually got to the excuse me, got to the point in the night where Rahul and Xander kind of wanted to do their own thing, and I was just really wanting to test. So I ended up going, and now Isaiah was there, and I ended up, Joao was also there. So we all kind of worked on this deck, and um, that's how my list became different from theirs. So I just really wanted to test, and they were kind of set on what they already had. So uh, I sent them the edits, but they didn't like them, so they just went with their own thing. <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting first seed, and the deck was broken. It was a direct counter to DDG's Dollstall deck. Uh, just, you know, Giraffe Egg, Cryagonal, um, just the counts of cards, Cyrus Prism even, just completely destroyed their deck. So I kind of coasted into day one and then into top eight, or sorry, into day two, then top eight with this deck that just autoed some of the best players in the game. That's what's up. Um, when, you, when you hit that, so so obviously you felt like you had the best deck, right? Which is like that, uh, yeah, that, sure. that's a great feeling. Like going into a tournament, going, all right, I think I have the best deck. You know, I just yeah. play smart. I'm better than most of these players here. Just just play out the games, and then once you find out that these top players are playing a fucking auto loss to you, or an auto, you have an auto win over. Yeah. You, basically, you're like okay. I can win this tournament. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, no. It's we so like Justin and I always try to think about this, and that's why I think we see a lot of success. Um, so like I've talked to about this with some of the D, or the group DDG at the time right. uh, about this, and they said it was kind of like a waste of time, but they see why we're doing it. And our logic was we should always keep them in mind because if we want to win the tournament, we're m most likely going to hit them. So we always try and make our deck choices have some sort of edge against what we think they're going to play. And uh, you can see that through our various results um, that, you know, are, they might not do as well, and it was probably because we just ended up hitting them. Uh, and it didn't. It doesn't always happen, and it was interesting because Daytona was one of the times that I didn't think about that, and it just kind of worked out. But um, we always keep that in mind. So any time that we feel like we predicted that right, and after round one we figure out what their deck is, what they're playing, and we figure out we have an edge, we're like, all right, so we got to beat everyone else, and then if we can get to these guys, we're, we're chilling. Right. So um, it's just something that we've always thought about, and... Uh, I don't know. It works sometimes, <laughs> right? It's a, it's like when you when you get to a certain level in this game. I think that that's really smart because yeah, there's a lot of decks like like that can day two. Like you right. can play this deck, you can day two. 
and then or you could play this deck and you could win like yeah. there, there's a, two different mindsets and like or you could just fail like this deck this deck could win the tournament it probably it, it can beat these you can beat these top players with this whatever or you could hit shitty matchups and lose or you yeah. can play something safe and and get your points you know and yeah. i always tell people i'm like like, if you're not at a certain level in this game, like, there's levels to this game. I don't care what anyone says. Like, you can see, this isn't all, lot of, like, everyone's pretty much established that this isn't just straight luck-based because mm -hmm. there's so much consistency on who's doing well. Um, yeah. So, once you get to a level, it's like, okay, I'm trying to win a tournament here. So, you looking looking with your mindset of, like, okay, what is DGG playing? Um it's great, you know? Um, but mm. when you're at a lower level, you're like, let's just fucking... Let's not think that way. I, I know yeah. you. Everyone wants to know. Okay, let me, I, let's me. let see if I can beat DGG. You got to get there first, boys. We got to get there. Yeah. You know? yeah. But your mindset, I, I think it's great. I think with, with uh, Justin and everything, and um, obviously you want to... Those players are always up there. You know that. So at the yeah. end of the day, if you are going to win the tournament, you need to beat them. And... Mm -hmm. um, it obviously went real well for you here. Um, so you get you get in the top eight spot. Uh, is your is your is your mindset a little better than it was last time? Uh, compared to top eight. Uh, compared to your where you got third. Where did you go into this one uh, yeah. a little less nervous? Yeah. Uh, so Xander, Rahul, and I, and basically everyone that was playing the deck, we were like, "Dude, this deck's broken. Like, there's <laughs> no way. There's no way this deck doesn't win the event." Uh, and Xander, Xander, and I basically expected to be finals. Right. Uh, and I ended up. I think I played uh, seating master a little poorly. I kind of played on the moral side of you know I want to get my friends in. Uh, I ended up like IDing Katron instead of scooping to possibly try and get him to the bottom of the bracket so I could hit him uh, because if he if I scooped to him he could miss on a bubble stuff like that. Um, so I think I could have played Bracket Master a little bit differently with how I played stuff, but uh, the first round where I'm given a decision as to what I want to do, I hit Grant, and Grant's playing the Dollstall deck. I give him the ID. I probably should have just scooped to him uh, to get you know another Dollstall into top eight. Um, then I hit Xander, and I, I, this is the one decision I don't regret between Katron and Grant. I conceded to Xander to guarantee him top eight because, in my eyes, Xander gave me the concept. He, you know, gave something that he came up with to me, and there's no better way than me giving back that success. So I felt like I did the right thing there, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Uh, and then Katron and I gave the ID, you know, we rode together, good friends. So I just... You know, the bracket ended up not working out my way because of some ties that occurred that should, maybe shouldn't have happened. And then uh, the only auto loss in t uh, the tournament ended up sneaking into eighth seed. And uh, when pairings got posted, I was like, please give me Dollstall. Please give me Dollstall. Give me another trophy. And uh, sure enough, my name at first seed, I looked down. Drew Kate is eighth seed, and he's playing Guardian. Oh, and I was no. like, no! Oh. Uh, so I felt like a, a potential regionals finals, because I expected to hit Xander in finals, just slipped out of my hands. Uh, and obviously I wanted to come up with a game plan to win, which I did. Didn't work out. But, uh, you know, you never want to give up hope like that. Right. But from a matchup standpoint, based on the list that we have in his list, I knew that I was in a lot of oh, trouble. trouble. So yeah. it felt pretty felt pretty bad to know that. Right. Yeah, it kind of sucks, because when you do so well... And you mm -hmm. are put in that position of, okay, I can almost control the bracket here, you know? Yeah. I, I can decide, 
like I'm in what you're in like three rounds deep, you know? So mm-hmm. you got this, <sighs> like how I know you're a younger player. Um, and I don't want to say you're manip- you get manipulated, but yeah. think, but like, yeah, you do get pressure put. I don't know how much pressure you get put on you, but did, yeah. when you walk, when people walk over to you, are like, are you scooping? Did you do you make all these decisions yourself? You think, or did um, were you influenced? <laughs> like on okay, Xander came. I'm like, I'm go- I'm gonna scoop to you, yeah. Or was yeah. it? I I asked uh, some of these <coughs> guys their opinions because I okay, knew that they were great. people the people that had the best information and i mean sure they could have tried to gain an advantage but like what what advantage are they giving themselves you know it's pretty pretty inevitable they hit me or xander so you know i asked jimmy and he said that you know this seems fine uh the basically the path because this was when i was going to hit grant um obviously i didn't know i'd be hitting xander and katron until those rounds but uh the grant thing i just uh there was a chance that if i lost the last three rounds so if i triple conceded or if I had double conceded, played out, you know, whatever. Right. If I lost the three, I could have bubbled. So in my mind, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose top eight. Right. So I, I need Grant just to get that match point. And then, Smart. like I said, with Xander, I just gave it to him. And then Katron, uh, before he, we saw his standings were posted, and he was like, dude, I would, uh, I can't lose because if I lose, I bubble. And at that point, I was like, you know, I, I might as well ID, you know, good friend. So. Right. Uh, I think we did the math where it wouldn't have ended up working out, and the only round that would have changed something would have been the Grant round, so I probably should have conceded there. But no, I didn't feel like I got manipulated. It's possible that it's happened to me before, but no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't <laughs> right. think so. But I think it's real smart that you went and talked to some people that have been kind of yeah. in that position. Um, mm-hmm. I did the same, but the person I talked to was um, Sam Chen, and he almost got me bubbled, so... Yeah. Um, good thing I went and talked to Kenny Britton, and he was like, "Yeah, don't you fucking ID here, dude? You have to play." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Let me play real yeah. quick." It's funny shit, but yeah, when you do get in those top spots, it's really good to have like those people to talk to because it's like, yeah. okay, you guys been in this situation of how the because it gets real weird. Like even you're like, okay, how many points do I need? It might be this much. It matters how many. How good is everyone doing? It's like, fuck. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you have a, a good head on your shoulders where you're you're talking of you're making the right decisions. You know? Yeah, I feel so like the way I view my position in this game and how I got to where I am now is I feel like my networking game is pretty strong. Uh, I made a lot of connections just throughout uh, rooming with people, driving with people, you know, messaging, talking, yeah. uh, and like I got uh, to be pretty friendly with the someone's PC group really early, and they helps me transition from like casual to competitive stuff like that so i in my eyes there's no point in not asking people that are better than you like advice because you know they they're either going to say no and they're not interested or they're going to help you and i mean if they help you you know you got what you wanted so them saying no it could be a little embarrassing depending on who you are but you know i feel like networking is super important in anything that you're trying to be good at because like say you want to be pro at an esport Right. Uh, you're you think you're OK, you think you're decent, but now you want to take it to the next level so you can watch videos and stuff. But you might never get that click that makes you go to the next level that someone else could help you with. So right. I feel like that's right. just like something that you could do um, to try and get up there. Right. I, I, I think your your mindset, everything you've been doing is very good. Um, yeah. 
you found you found your way in, you know. And but at the end of the day, you still got to perform, and now you're performing. Like, people, yeah, it's it's very respectable. Uh, and I mean, let's it doesn't end here. You go right back into this in Collinsville. You're back in the top eight. So now, now yeah. like you have to think in your head. You're like, all right, this group we put together, this is good. Like we are fucking yeah. good. Um, I'm going into my third top eight. Obviously, kind of sucks. You 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 face off in the mirror match versus Bacardi right off the fucking yeah. bat. And like, let's be honest, you've dominated this tournament. Like, you're first seed in this one, right? Two. Uh, going into top eight, uh, I ended up losing the last round to Mahone, and he got in first seed over a match oh, point. Okay, close, but like, close enough. On day one, you were like eight oh eight oh yeah yeah. So you pretty much dominated. Um. And I feel like uh, in this tournament, there was something that happened. I'm trying to remember. Let me look at the standings real quick. But I feel like, oh, Isaiah Bradner would have faced you, right? If, if, um, if he would have Isaiah, been... Isaiah ended up making Rudiger. a jump. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Joey he lost Bumble. to Rudiger, right? Yeah. No. Uh, oh yeah, Isaiah yeah. lost to Rudiger, and then yeah. he ended up making a gentleman's agreement with Mahone, and he lost the agreement. So then, instead of taking an ID into a win, and he lost and had to play Fucking for sixteen right. or something. Yeah. yeah, but he, but like when I was watching that, I think a lot of people had Justin bubbling, and uh, and yeah. I think if if Joey loses to fucking um, Isaiah Bradner, you're you're facing Bradner, which yeah. you guys. It's the same sixty, right? All, all uh, yeah. So uh, the other person playing the deck was uh, Kenny Britton, and he yeah. ended up losing his win, and he had a few unfortunate games. Yeah. Um, but this event was pretty interesting. Um, Justin, Isaiah, and I were in um, uh, Australia, and obviously that's a very big time commitment. You know, traveling so far with a time zone change, a completely different format, brand new format. So all of our minds were kind of focused on that. And uh, I had no intention of going to Collinsville, so it was really just Kenny masterminding expanded with some other friends that he you know talks to or whatever, and then bouncing ideas with us whenever he felt like it. Um, so I had no intention of Collinsville, and then Justin was like, "Hey, I committed to going with Kenny. I'm just going to drive 15 hours by myself." And I'm like, "You're crazy! Pick me up. Uh, I'll drive with you. You know, whatever." So Justin and I, excuse me, live close enough, like three hours, 45 minutes, close enough on certain routes we can take and we can pick each other up, stuff like that. Right. So I was like, just drive the three hours and 45 minutes to my house and then we can drive there. I'll help you drive, whatever. Right. So this ended up happening the week of. Uh, I made plans to do this. And um, even funnier, Katron ended up joining our car and he decided to go the night of. So <laughs> our car was pretty pretty crazy. And uh, we ended up, uh, we were we left through the night and we were going to get there at like 10 a.m. I think. Uh, and we had a snowstorm uh, like an hour into the drive. So we almost didn't make it. We almost decided to go back home, but we ended up staying at a hotel for like five hours to wait for it to pass. So we ended up getting in way later than we thought. So we're all underprepared. Uh, <laughs> I haven't tested a single game of expanded except for Trevenant versus Agrell on the plane to Australia where the, the connection went out versus Ian Rob. So just like my, I have no knowledge and I'm just trying to figure out what I can through listening to podcasts in the car, stuff like that, texting people, gaining knowledge. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm here. I'm going to see how it goes. I wish I wasn't here, but you know, whatever, <laughs> let's make the best of it. And, uh, Kenny 
hadn't done so much testing, so we just kind of followed him, and basically what he found was uh, doll and wall stall decks were pretty broken. Uh, or Not broken, but they were pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, the Trevenor deck was unbelievably oppressive, and he felt that if the perfect 60 could be crafted, that it would be strong, um, and then he, they thought that Turbo Dark could be decent. Um, so I, with with my knowledge of Expanded and stuff, I was just kind of like... I want to play the deck that does the same thing every game, and, you know, it either wins or it doesn't. So, in my eyes, that was the Trevnor deck. I ended up selecting that. They worked on the list while I slept, because I was unbelievably tired. And I woke up to a monstrosity. And, uh, <laughs> I had never done never done well at St. Louis before. Seniors, Masters, a couple of years, and sure enough, I was 8-0 on day one, and I was just like, huh, this is cool. <laughs> my deck's pretty broken. Right. Yeah. Well, that's dope. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you had a tough run against Picardi and he ends up winning it all. Um, yeah. I mean, it really came down to that match for the whole tournament. Um, yeah, that's the way we viewed it. Uh, there, in my eyes, um, especially, so like testing partners in general, if I was going to lose to anyone, I would want to lose to, you know, Isaiah, Kenny, yeah. Keon, etc. But, uh, from like non-testing thing just friendship if there was anyone in the world i would want to lose to it'd be justin yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, through thick it. and through thick and thin i was completely fine losing i don't think i played great on stream and i made some tunnel vision plays based on misfortune on my part yeah. uh like him starting wabafet i ended up prizing my wabafet and from there i kind of forgot a few game plans and i think that top eight match helped me realize what i think my biggest weakness in the game is and i think that's tunnel visioning when put under stressful situations like being on stream i kind of tunnel vision on plays that either work or don't work then either forget them or go too far onto them uh so i think that i was able I, that was a good thing that came out of me losing but you know in my eyes i was happy to lose to justin over anyone else and i'm glad that he was able to take down the whole tournament that's really dope i i like your mindset i think you have um just just the words you just said um being able to just establish that like i know what it's my worst, my weaknesses, you know, it, it's yeah. something a lot of players don't know and they just think, uh, luck of the cards, you know, but like, yeah. it is what it is. I, I think, and it's great. Like at the end of the day, you want to have your friends in the top eight with you. And if you're going to lose yeah. to anyone, obviously you're especially, I mean, yeah. the way you and Justin have been testing for years, you know, mm -hmm. um, but but at the, it is bittersweet though. Like you gotta admit that. Yeah, for you sure. Know, right? Another another top eight, and uh, something I've learned very quickly is top eight versus top four feels real bad. You know, you lose half the money, stuff like that. No and uh, another another Sorry. thing I've learned very quickly is the the curse of first is actually horrible. Uh, I have been first seed twice. Yeah. Uh, I was almost first seed a third time, but then going into top eight, I was first seed again. Uh, I was first seed in Madison at a record of eight oh one. Missed top eight completely in day two, so that was a real stinger. Uh, wow. Daytona, first seed again in day one and day two, end up losing in top eight. And then uh, second seed going into day two off of a loss to Andrew, and then first seed going into top eight, losing top eight again. So the the curse of first, as people call it, that I've become accustomed to is pretty annoying. Um, right. But, you know, it happens. It happens. I mean... There's, but, there's always more tournaments. Yes, that, that, that's one thing. It's like... You've kind of established yourself as like, I, I'm really good now. I have a good mm -hmm. testing group. Um, these top eights will happen. Like you're, you're, yeah. Especially when you get to your third one, I have to feel like you're like, okay, 
I can continuously do this. Like I, mm-hmm. put, I put in my work, which is dope. Um, also, that that first top eight, I kind of felt like, did I get lucky? You know, I made my top eight, but nothing's happened in the. I think. I want to say six months, it could be more or less between Daytona and Toronto. It was kind of like, I know I'm okay, but is it possible I just got lucky? Yeah. And, you know, the getting it the second time made me feel better about it, but there was still that doubt in my mind, like, was my deck just broken? Like, did I just do it twice? Uh, but once I got the third time, I mean, I, yeah, you yeah, can't, okay. like, you can't recreate success like that right. uh, and get just get lucky every time, at least right. in my eyes. So I, I must be doing right. Yeah, you're doing well, man. I think uh, and your heads on your shoulders. I think it's great. Um, let's kind of kick it to to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're a student, right? Still. Yeah, uh, I graduated a year early from high school. I'm okay. now in community college for two years, and then I'll transition to a four year. Okay, that's dope. Um, so you're one of the younger players, and I always like to talk like end goals here, but like you got who knows, you know, who like. Yeah. A lot of the players are older, they, they have jobs, they're starting careers and stuff, but like, what, what's on your mind here? Are you just playing until you're tired of playing? Um, you win yeah. Worlds this year, or you're fucking, you're <laughs> hanging it up? That'd be dope. Yeah. I've always, like, I've talked to Kenny Britton, he's like, that's what I'd do. He's like, if I win yeah. Worlds, I ain't playing ever again, which yeah. is a w- great way to go out. But yeah, what's your end goal here, man? Um, so I'm not a real, I'm not like a real fan of the like quitting posts and stuff that people put out there, you know, every once in a while, big announcements like that. Um, but I guess now that the question is here, I don't see myself playing next year. I don't want to say never because, you know, anything, anything's possible, but I kind of want to transition from, you know, being younger, having a bunch of free time into like more professional jobs, stuff like that, that I've been working on, on the, on the side with Pokemon. Uh, so I personally don't see myself playing next year as much as i'd like to but um that's just you know that's just life for me so as much as i'd like to i don't think that's what i'm going to be doing and obviously never is never i could top four worlds and be like you know what i need another shot just go at it again Uh, but i don't plan on like quitting quitting but you know hopefully at some point i return or if i end up playing but yeah as of now the plan is not to continue next season Um, so i wanted to take this year to ride the top 16 dream uh, you know, go to all the places I've never been able to go to, Brazil, Australia, stuff like that. Uh, I've done that now. So, you know, obviously uh, coronavirus, COVID is a little So far, the goal is just, you know, get top 16, get a good finish at Worlds and, you know, hang it up for a while. But uh, long term, I'm going to community college for two years now, just going to get the 60 credits, uh, then transition to a four-year business school of some sort. And my end game career is I want to be a forensic accountant. So ideally working for the FBI or something um, as a forensic accountant, you know, following money trails, fraud, stuff like that. But uh, I've kind of set up my classes as focusing on the business side. I've taken accounting one, accounting two through high school, now taking it again in college. Uh, So that's the plan. I want my end goal is to be a forensic accountant. That's what's up. I think... I think it's really so this year is really big for you like to put yeah. everything in perspective like you you put a good team together you're playing very well and you're mm-hmm. hanging it up after this and this is your yeah. shot so like <clears throat> I, as much as like people want to like talk like okay this is just a tournament but for you it's like no nah, i'm all in here i'm all in here yeah and like these relationships are cool and you're in my room and i'm gonna share with you but like 
that whole leaking thing that I mean things are a little more for you here and I think it's yeah people should take in consideration of that like when when they're talking to you and stuff and and like I I know it's not like a huge deal like if you win or not but to mm-hmm. to say you're gonna hang it up and you're doing you're having a great season like yeah you, you put that pressure on you like to, yeah to, to do it. Like you want to do well on your last event, like going into Worlds, like that's a big, gonna be a big event for you. So, yeah. uh, like I, I, I really hope you do well. Um, I think, um, you put a good team around you. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of players that are that have the kind of same mindset as you. Like you can't play forever, but I I got school coming. Um, yeah. Let me go all in right here. Let's see what I can do, and it, it I, I I command you because like. You're doing it, bro. You're doing it. Yeah. And it's just compared to a lot of the people that are my age that are playing at the level and playing. Yeah. I joined late, and, you know, in all honesty, like, uh, yeah. Katron's been playing for 10 years, I want to say now, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, I joined at five. So, you know, it's just, I, I don't want people, if I end up playing next year, right? I don't want people to be like, oh, yeah. you said you were quitting. My <laughs> intention is to not play as much or not play at all, but, you know, never say never stuff can exactly. change uh you know change happens every week it and obviously a couple of weeks ago i wasn't expecting half the events to get canceled that were remaining so exactly <laughs> like things change 100 percent. but yeah but like you, you, yeah it's, it's a it's a thing and you know um if uh let's hope you ride off into the sunset here bro and like I think I John so. John Ng has the same thing, and he's playing real well this year. And I think that that I don't. The more I talk to people like you and people like John that are doing very well with this whole mindset of like this could be my last season. Yeah. Um, I, I I almost think it's like a boost, man. You guys you guys are on like a different level here. You're like, mm-hmm. um, I'm putting all my chips on, in the in these tournaments, and uh, it's really yeah. paying off. Because like obviously I'm I'm chilling. I, I'm I'm good at what I'm doing. Uh, when I go into the tournament, I'm like, "Fuck it, dude, we're playing yeah. this." But obviously, you got you got your shit together. You're you're showing yeah. people how to win. And hopefully, you know, I can come back someday if the opportunity presents itself. If Pokemon's still around, uh, just to reestablish some of that nostalgia. But right. you know, I want to want to get a stable career going first. Right. Uh, you know, set right. up set up a life before Pokemon. Smart, smart, smart. I like the mindset. Um, I think that's all I got for you today. I think, um, is there any like sponsors shout outs you want to hit with? Uh, sure. I'm currently sponsored by, uh, ultimate spice gaming. Um, so shout out to them and, uh, the PGTGO store. So both two sponsors that helped me, you know, with cards online, cards in general, getting places. Um, so yeah, a huge thanks to them and, uh, sh- uh, shout outs to people in general. Dope. Uh, shout out to everyone I work with in the lab. Uh, shout out to all the people I've met the through the lab. game, the people playing. Uh, shout out to you, Zach, for having me on. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you. All right. And uh, where they can follow you is Twitter. I got it down below. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, all of it's my name in some variation. I think I aligned them all, but it should just be Will Jenkins TCG on Facebook, just my name, stuff like that. So. Dope, dope, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Thanks for joining. Ne- next week, um, I think I'm gonna have Trainer Chip. Um, if you haven't subscribed to this channel already, please like 
think it's like 90% of people watching these videos are not subscribed. Like, hit that subscribe. Subscribe button. to Faded Town. Yeah, I watched a ton of the episodes on my 14 hour flight to Australia. I love it. Oh. Uh, num- number one podcast in the world. So Killer. keep it up, Zach. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Um, you heard it, guys. Um, but for now, we're going to scoop it up. Oh, oh, oh.